Are you navigating a relationship with somebody who really is emotionally immature where it doesn't matter what kind of situation is happening, they somehow make it all about them or they seem to always be combative, trying to pull you into fights, taking things personally, turning like small little incidents into a really big deal? If so, today's episode is for you. I'm going to share a few things that can be really helpful when you're needing to engage with and protect yourself in a connection with somebody who struggles with emotional maturity. So you are listening to Bold as Love. I'm your host, April Boyd, and I'm a psychotherapist, coach, and breathwork facilitator. And this podcast is a place where We look at how we want to show up and speak up in our lives, our conversations, and our conflicts, whether you're dealing with the people that you love and adore, or whether you're dealing with the people who push your buttons and drive you crazy. This is where we look at how we want to step into who we want to be in all of those interactions where we can be kind to the other person and kind and self-respecting to our own selves too. Thank you so much for listening. So this topic was set into me by a listener. And I of course always just want to say, I don't know the specifics of people's exact situations. So take the parts of all of these podcasts that feel like they resonate for you and fit with your life and the challenges that you're dealing with and just set aside the pieces that don't. Tune into your own wisdom and your own guidance as you're listening to this information. Because all of this is just offerings, just ideas to consider. So when we're talking about emotional maturity, what we're really talking about is somebody's level of self-awareness, right? Are they able to do empathy? Are they able to take on the perspectives of people whose situations differ from theirs? Are they able to self-regulate their own emotions, right? Or do they kind of just spin out of control and leave it up to everybody else to like contain them or give them what they want? Are they able to do conflict resolution? So I always say conflict is absolutely inevitable in any single relationship, no matter how much you adore your best friend or your partner or anybody that you're connecting with in your life, at some point in time, we're going to accidentally step on each other's toes because that's just the inevitable reality of being close to somebody, right? Where it's like dancing with somebody. You're accidentally going to step on them or bump them in some way you didn't mean to, right? And so this ability to kind of move through and process conflict together is such an important skill, but it's one of the many emotional and social intelligence pieces that emotionally immature people just have not developed. So when we're talking about somebody who's struggled with, you know, that's presenting as emotionally immature, we know that there's often a history of trauma connected to that, a history of woundedness, 
where they're living in this place of either constant combative on guard, or they've kind of just stopped at a certain development level and they've not really matured to the place of, you know, what we would expect of an adult of their age, of how they would respond to conflicts or how they'd react to certain situations. They're actually operating from a place that developmentally we would think of as being connected to somebody much younger, right? So if you're having somebody in your life who displays a lot of self-centeredness, doesn't seem to matter what the situation is, somehow they're the starring victim or role in all of it, right? They somehow manage to turn any event, even if it's something that has directly impacted you as to how it impacts them, right? That becomes their experience eclipses everybody else's experience and whatever's happening. Another thing that you might see is just this, you know, deep level of selfishness and narcissism, right? It's always about how it relates to them. It's always about their needs. Oftentimes people will grow up in families where it's like only one person was really allowed to have needs in the household, right? It all kind of orbits around this one person. And we'll see often with people that struggle with emotional maturity, a lot of reactivity, right? It's like anything can set them off. Anything is something that they take offense to, right? And they might react when there are moments of, you know, when we accidentally step on somebody's toes or when there's a moment of misunderstanding, instead of coming to you and saying, hey, like, I just want to check in with you about what happened because like, here's kind of what it looks like. And I just want to make sure I'm reading this right, right? Or this really upset me. And here's what I kind of need from you. Instead of any of that adult to adult kind of way of trying to problem solve things, instead, you might be dealing with somebody that gives you the silent treatment. They just refuse to engage, right? As this way to both punish you and maintain that power. Or maybe they get reactive in a way where they lash out and they say things that are actually abusive and not okay right? And it becomes this verbal attack against you. So when we're dealing with somebody that, you know, is operating in these kinds of ways, there's a few things that you can do to help protect yourself and help protect your peace a little bit more. And I also just want to acknowledge there is like a phenomenal book I can't remember exactly off the top of my head whether she talks about these strategies specifically, but I'm sure they are woven throughout there. It is called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, and it is a game changer for understanding and repositioning yourself in relationship with somebody that's emotionally immature. So the first strategy that I would like to offer is don't pick up the rope. Don't pick up the rope. Let me explain a bit about what I mean by that. Often, obviously everybody acts different and everybody carries emotional immaturity different, but oftentimes what I'll hear from my clients is that they've got a family member or person in their life who essentially 
hates them, right? It's like they're living with a worldview that somehow like everybody's out to get them or, you know, they're constantly, people are not being fair to them. People are not being good to them, right? Even when you're like, nope, that's a hundred percent not my intention, right? Like I'm not trying to do anything bad to you at all. In fact, I'm actually going out of my way to try to be like as kind and considerate as possible. And somehow I'm still doing the wrong thing for you, right? When you're dealing with somebody, it's helpful to kind of step back and look at how do they do relationships with other people in their life? Because this can help us to try to take it a little bit less personally. Chances are, if you have somebody that's really combative emotionally like that with you, you probably can see that there's a history of a lot of burned bridges with other people too, right? A lot of cut off people in the family tree, a lot of constant drama. They're constantly mad and upset about somebody, right? It's all about the other person. So when you're dealing with somebody that operates in this way, it's like they're going to throw a rope over to you, that tug of war rope, right? Because this is what they know. This is what their view of the world is. I'm always under attack. People are always against me. I'm never getting my fair share, right? It's always unfair. So if that's somebody's worldview of what they're carrying, it's like we create our own, we project that onto the world around us, right? It's like that projector that's playing that movie. (laughs) And, And even if you're not doing anything right? That are wanting to participate in that. It's like they're putting it on you anyways. So you can't pick up the rope. This is actually a phrase that I learned when I worked in an addiction center a long time ago. And I thought it was such a great one because it's such a good visual, right? Somebody can throw you that tug of war rope, but the only time that you're going to get into this tussle with them is if you pick the other end of the rope up. Otherwise, you can just walk away and be like, wow, you seem upset. I'll chat with you when you're calmed down and walk away. But instead, what we do is we pick up the rope and we get into this place where we are like fueling the fire just with our attention and just because we're keeping, we're we're doing the dance with them. We're participating in this tug of war. So This brings us to the second one. We have to stop trying to convince somebody of your goodness, right? This is a part of picking up the rope is we get into this place of like justifying, explaining, trying to give somebody like 500 reasons to prove that we're actually a good person and we actually didn't intend to hurt them and we actually are doing our best to like hold this relationship together despite how much they're trying to sabotage it, right? We get into this place of trying to convince them of our goodness. And what I've come to see, there's some people that you're just never going to convince them because it's incompatible with the worldview. So it's like seeing you as a one person that's not threatening to them, right? Emotionally threatening to them. It's like they don't have the ability to see that. They would have to change their whole entire life, their whole entire way of relationship 
if they were able to see your and believe in your good intentions. So this is where one thing that can give us some comfort and grounding in this is to really just check in on what our intentions are and if we're living in alignment with that. And when I do that in my own life, okay, I'm feeling bad or I'm feeling worried that this person thinks I'm not being good enough to them. This person thinks I'm not giving them enough of my time. This person thinks I'm somehow rejecting them, right? Whatever that is. When I check in, I'm like, what is my intention really? What is my truth really? Hmm. My truth is anyone is welcome at my table. Anyone is welcome at my table. But (laughs) you've got to be nice. You can't kick over the table and you can't walk all over my white carpet with your muddy shoes. Right? So when we look in at, oh, like it's challenging those crazy stories, that self-doubt that an emotionally immature person is going to activate in you. Am I being mean? Am I being selfish? Were we not nice enough? This is where I check in with my intention. Oh, no, you know what? I was pretty clear that anybody's invited, right? Then we can just live in our own truth. They're going to see it however they want to see it. They're going to tell whatever story they want to tell about it. But the truth is they were welcome, right? Just as an example. The bottom line truth is they were welcome. And so, you know, when we're actually trying to convince somebody of our goodness, the other thing that we're doing in that is we're essentially trying to change that person, right? We're trying to get them to do relationship with us at our level. We're trying to get them to do relationship with us where we have this breakthrough, where there's this moment where they understand There's this moment where I feel like we see each other eye to eye and they get it. And it's really possible that with an emotionally immature person, that's never going to happen, right? We have to go back to that idea, their worldview. It's like they're wearing glasses that color everything that they see, right? If they're wearing glasses with blue lenses, everything they see is going to be a shade of blue. So instead, this is kind of where I say... It's like, we, I think that one of the most loving things that we can do is accept people for who we are, who they are. That doesn't mean that you unconditionally put yourself in the line of fire or that the relationship is necessarily unconditional or that you accept all of their behaviors or whatever kind of nasty, uncool thing that they're doing to you. But it means that you accept that this is who this person actually is. And I need to quit trying to push them towards the version of them I hope that they would be, right? And this is where like, it's good intentions. We're like, oh, if I could just get this person to like go to therapy or read this book or like take in what I'm saying, then I'll be able to have a different relationship with them that lives up to like the potential of what I hope that this could be. The question we have to ask ourselves is whether that story serves us because it might just be a fantasy. The person might not be capable of rising up to meet you there. Now, I've heard examples from clients in my practice 
where they were able to have some open heart to heart conversations with family members. They were able to share, you know, here's how you're impacting me or here's, you know, what it's like for me when you're doing this or doing that. And the other person was able to grow with them and take in that information and was open to the idea of seeing how they impact people. So that might be somebody that has, let's say, you know, has a difficult history as an example. That's not always the case, but as an example, or maybe just wasn't exposed to a lot of relationship skills or a lot of confidence building or, you know, those soft intelligence, emotional intelligence skills that we think about, but has the capacity and the willingness to get there, right? This is where I love, uh, Brene Brown talks about in her work that, She'll use examples from her childhood and she'll talk about some of the challenges that she had with her parents and her parents are okay and open with her doing that and are open to her challenging them present tense on some of their reactions or things that they're saying and doing because they're open to doing it better, right? They're open to the feedback. That's not necessarily an emotionally immature person. That's almost like somebody that just hasn't been exposed to the teachings before. An emotionally immature person takes offense, (laughs) right? Projects onto you, you know, how dare you say that about me? You know, they just won't go there. It's like they're operating in such a state of ego. The defenses are way too high. So just check in. And I think this is like where we can be honest with ourselves and say, you know, what have I tried to do to improve this relationship? What have I, have I had a hard conversation, right? Have I tried to kind of talk this out? And if you've done those things and you get met with, you know, an emotional explosion and there's no repair, no responsibility, then you might be dealing with somebody that doesn't have the willingness or the desire to get there with you. And that's not about you. That's about their own life story. The third thing that can be really helpful is to think about when you picture how this person operates, how they interact with others, how they respond to conflict, how they respond to friendships and relationships in their life. What age would you say that they land at? How old are they acting? Now, sometimes when I ask my clients that question, they instantly respond, right? And are like 15. It's like they're 15 years old. Cool. So can you let that just be there, right? Can you say, I love this person. They're my parent. They're whoever they are in my world but they actually operate at the age of a 15-year-old level. And choose how you interact with them accordingly, right? When my niece was 15 and we were butting heads or she was having a really bad day, right? I'm not necessarily going to respond to her the same way I would respond to my 35-year-old friend, right? I'm going to choose my words differently. It's going to be more about containment, (laughs) right? Rather than convincing her, getting into that tug of war with her, 
right? So when we can kind of look at where somebody's at developmentally, not just their chronological age, but what age are they emotionally stuck at? Then we can reposition ourselves and interact accordingly. And you'll find that so much shifts when you do this. And it can sound a bit condescending when we describe it this way, but what if that's just the truth of it? Because I think what we do to people instead is actually unkind. What we do to people instead is we continue to hold up a standard that they might never actually be capable of reaching, right? And we're like, no, like I believe in you. You should be able to be more responsive, more considerate, right? Like more reciprocal, more self-aware. What if they can't? What if that's just not them? What if you can't override, you know, 50 years of their history or whatever it is that's gotten them to this moment in time? So I think that one of the most loving and kind things that we can do is accept people and deal with them for who they actually are and how they actually operate, not this imposed fantasy of who I think that they should be because this would actually make my life much easier. (laughs) Do we see how this goes sideways? when we actually dig into it. And so instead, we need to adjust our expectations accordingly. But one of the ways that helps us to remember to do that is by reminding ourselves, ah, okay, if I'm going to this family event, I have to remind myself, you know, my dad basically operates like he's 15 years old. That's how I need to respond to him, right? If your 15-year-old is baiting you by saying controversial things or things that they know are going to stir up conflict at the dinner table, you don't fire back with like five reasons of why they're wrong, right? (laughs) With citations and academic evidence of that. You go, oh, that's an interesting perspective. And you divert your attention and continue your conversation somewhere else, right? So when we look at just letting people be who they are, it also allows you to be who you are and to give yourself a bit of credit for that. It is often incredibly painful and incredibly challenging when you have surpassed your parents' level of emotional functioning, right? Because it's out of the natural order of things, right? We expect our parents to be the strong, steady ones. We expect them to be the mentors. We expect them to, you know, be that safe place for us. But sometimes that's who you are. It might just be that that is actually the person that you are in the room. So we can either get mad at other people for not fulfilling that role that we want them to fulfill, or we can start to take a bit of acknowledgement and give a bit of credit for what it is that you're bringing into the room. I will bring the calm and steady presence. I will stop this from turning into a big fight because I'm not gonna pick up the rope. 
I can be loving and respecting of you as a person and self-respecting for my own self. So if you found this helpful today, it would help me a lot if you shared this with somebody else who would also benefit from listening to this work. The holiday season is coming up and it's possible that a lot of people are going to be facing challenging family dynamics, challenging work dynamics, and dealing with a lot of emotionally immature (laughs) relationships. So please share this with somebody that could be benefit from it. I would appreciate that so much. I'll see you next time. Take care.